This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. It's looking more like Christmas than it ever has this year. We're expecting one heck of a blizzard to hit us. Uh, my guest this hour is Peter Kling, and he was telling me in his part of the world they're expecting two feet of snow, and outside our studio windows, it's uh, I can usually see one of the main thoroughfares here in Hamilton, but I can't see past two buildings. That's how hard the snow is coming down, so wherever you are, be safe, drive carefully, and uh, take your time getting home tonight. As I said, my guest this hour is Peter Kling. We've had the pleasure of having on the show many times. The Kling family has a 500-year history of standing for the truth, starting with the Reformation of the Church, following in his ancestor footsteps. Peter Kling began his education in the Scriptures before the age of five and his education in the sciences by the age of ten. Peter first started seeing future events at the age of nine, had alien contact at the age of 18, has survived attempts on his life 16 times, Exonation. And, you know, I could go on and on and on about this uh, very interesting man, but I won't because I want him to come on the air and talk to us about two very interesting topics tonight. First of all, Peter, welcome to the Exxon. I'm glad you're Thank home. Thank you very much, Rob. All right, what are we going to be talking about tonight? The the, the, the All right, you, you say it because I, I, I pronounced it wrong. Well, well, we're going to start. Actually, what we're going to talk about is aliens. <laughs> but, but, but where we're going to start is with... Uh, uh, world War One. Actually, we start okay. to, uh, prior to World War One with uh, the Vril Society, mm-hmm. and th- there's this interesting connection that just it, it may answer a lot of questions. If you ha- if nobody lo- has any uh, knowledge of the Vril Society, I strongly suggest that you look it up. Do as much research on it as you can. V R I L Vril. Um, well, can you they- give us a little bit of a hint on what they're about? Yeah, I was just gonna ah. just gonna go there. Psychic. <laughs> the Vril Society uh, became popular before the turn of the the twentieth century. They started to gain momentum with people like Madame Blavatsky and and other psychics that were uh, in, in tune, basically, mm-hmm. and being used by the elite. But uh, the the, two, the uh, Vril Society was a little bit different. They had a connection to child sacrifice, Uh-oh. and yeah, after World War One, they became very powerful. Of course, there was lots of children around, a lot of orphan children around that nobody would miss, mm-hmm. and so that that was one of the center points that they that they would, uh, I guess, thrill themselves with is child sacrifice. But when we look at the Vril Society itself and where it started to gain momentum, there's a connection which goes right back to the Middle East and right back to Samaria, interesting enough. And Samaria, the Samarian Empire, is where we get the cradle of civilization and the Anunnaki. So they don't 
in the research, they don't tell you exact. They don't use the word Anunnaki because this, I guess, that makes too much of a of a connection. But they take you right back to ancient Samaria, and we already know the history of ancient Samaria. And this is essentially the, I guess you would call it the second contact or the second, if you want to call it, an invasion of Earth by extraterrestrial species. The first happened several hundred years before that. During the days of Noah, we had what is recorded as the Watchers in the Book of Enoch, and they fought. They were the fathers of the Nephilim. There's a tie into this. It's the, the Nephilim tie-in, I guess, is what we want to really look at, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a few minutes. But uh, they started researching the Vril Society started researching all their connections right back to the Middle East and and then they joined up with the Thule Society and both of these societies became very operative within the Nazi party Hitler himself really wasn't all that interested in in any of the occult teachings of of the Norse or of the Thule Society or of the Vril Society he was more interested in carrying out world domination in the name of the uh, or in a secretly by the mm-hmm. Vatican, it was the Third Reich, the third thousand years of rule, who had the first two. All right, Peter, we're going to have to Roman take a Empire. We're just going to have to take a little break here. Peter Kling is our special guest, Exclamation, and we've had the pleasure of having Peter on the show many times before. And if you'd like to contact Peter, what's your website again, Pete? Oh, uh, PeterKling.com. Very uh. easy. P-E-T-E-R-K-L-I-N-G.com. All right, buddy, stand by. Peter and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our snowy broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 
44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. www.peterkling.com is the website for my guest this hour, Peter Kling. We're talking about the Vril, Antarctica, and extraterrestrials this hour here in the X-Zone. Peter, sorry I had to cut you off for that commercial break, but you know how it is in this business. Those breaks oh, are hard. Yeah. So continue, the clock, Margaret. The clock rules. Exactly. Well, when we start looking at this, and this is pre-World War II now that, that I'm I'm speaking about. Mm-hmm. Both the Vril and the Thule Society become very popular within uh, the Nazi Party, and they are their whole purpose is contacting extraterrestrial or alien races to get advanced technology. Now, let's see where have we heard this before uh, from just about every whistleblower that's had any comments to to that have come out of Area 51 or the secret space program that's going on in the United States. They all say pretty much the same thing, that there's aliens involved. Now, they don't get into the child sacrifice end, but aliens are giving have been giving us advanced technologies. When we go back and start looking at when UFOs first start showing up, we get the, the story of uh, Nazi Germany and the Bell and, mm-hmm. and their fly trap where they were carrying out these experiments. But the, the fact of the matter is, and what we're actually learning, is that the Nazis had developed uh, UFO aircraft prior to the war. Oddly enough, UFO yes. aircraft. Yeah, they they developed their own flying saucers before the war even started. They would, they had problems with the propulsion systems in them, but they could actually get them off the ground and in the air. They were used as observation decks, basically, uh, during several of of the uh, engagements during World War II between uh, the Nazis and other parties. Now, this is different than the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters are, uh, as a matter of fact, the Foo Foo Fighters might actually be living entities. They might actually be ETs or aliens themselves. Uh, I heard a very interesting comment uh, or story just a couple of days ago about a B-17 pilot whose plane was shot up pretty badly and they didn't know whether they were going to make it back or not. And he said that they were surrounded by Foo Foo Fighters. Uh And then all of a sudden, the image of Jesus appeared between him and his co-pilot and it put his hand on his hand and accelerated the aircraft and they actually made it back to base. You know, interesting story to say the least, but Mm -hmm. getting back to... Uh, where we fought the, the Nazi uh, situation is prior to the war that the Nazis sent out all sorts of archaeological teams all over the earth, especially to the Middle East. And then from there, they went, they go up into Tibet and they're all looking for ancient uh, technologies to link them to the Nordics. And then we find, well, aren't the Nordics another type of alien species? Yes, indeed, they are. So there's this constant connection. Now, how, how, do happens, we, how do we know the Norsemen were actually ETs? Well, uh, Nordics. Nordics. Yeah, it's it, it. They're a race of ETs that claim to be their blonde hair, blue eyed ETs, very human looking. And but, these were the the ones that they believe that the Nazi Party believed ruled the planet. Once okay, now j- just before we go any further, question about the Foo Fighters. How come we don't hear about Foo Fighters anymore if they're extraterrestrial living entities? Well, you know that because we classify them as UFOs. 
those white, you know, the white spots that we see, mm-hmm. uh, they are, they could very well be living entities. I'm not talking about anything that looks like a UFO or, you know, you see these triangle shaped UFOs or mm-hmm. tubular shaped UFOs. Right. Not, not those. These are white or they look like white light orbs. And uh, years ago, I saw a phenomenal video of these white light orbs flying around in a field mm-hmm. uh, was somewhere somewhere out west, Colorado, Utah, so, somewhere out, out in uh, the western part of the United States. And these things, you could actually see that they were translucent close up, but you could see as they would move, all of a sudden energy or they would light up toward the, whichever direction that they were going in. I wish I wish that video was still around. But it was fantastic, and and they all looked like oval, you know, kind of like footballs, almost flying through the field. Except that you know they're more oval shaped. You're looking at them more from a, a profile view. Could, it, could they have been uh, ball lightning? No, no. These were the, these were intelligent beings, and there were lots of them there. It wasn't like there was just they were photographing one or filming one videotaping i guess one just flying around there was several of them and they were close enough that you could actually see through them to an extent and they weren't all that big now the energy life forms that we're dealing with here can adjust their size if they have the capability of controlling that energy it doesn't make any difference whether it's the the size of a pin or the size of a zeppelin because it's just take a look at the atom itself. Our atomic structure, which makes up everything in our universe, is one part solid for four trillion parts of empty space. So you can condense all that empty space down to where there is no empty space within the atom, and it would still weigh the same. I believe they said that you could take the Washington Monument, shrink it down to the size of a pencil eraser, and it would still weigh the same amount just by removing the space that's in it. You know, what's big and what's small, or size really doesn't matter when we're talking about energy. It's how tightly densely packed we, we okay. have the energy. And if we are dealing with life forms that are shapeshifters, that, can, that are made of energy, Mm -hmm. they can adjust that energy in any shape that they want. Well, let me ask you this then, Peter. If we were to take the Washington Monument and take all the space between the molecules or the atoms away, and it would be the size of a pencil eraser and still weigh the same, how do people who investigate the paranormal state the claim that energy or, yeah, energy does not lose its shape? This is what they claim a ghost to be. Now, that makes no sense. Because nothing is constricting the form at that point. You are 100% correct, except for the entity itself. Except for the entity itself. I'll give you a personal experience that I had uh, involving a blue energy orb. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I believe I have given this one on the show before. I was bringing my son back from college. It was Mm -hmm. Friday evening. I just set my cruise control for 63 miles an hour. I know exactly how fast I was Uh going. And within 15 seconds of setting the cruise control, this huge deer jumped out of the tree line. Couldn't see it running. It just jumped out of the tree line and made a leap. While it was it was mm-hmm. intending on leaping over the road or over my car or something, but while it was in the air, a blue orb about the size of a grapefruit instantly appeared, blew up like a balloon to about three feet, and absorbed the impact of that deer hitting the windshield of my car. So the orb, in, in essence, became an airbag. Yeah, yeah, an external airbag. Right. And, and, you know, that as bizarre as that might seem, I know what I saw. I, I literally, you know, the car was still drivable. And right. The windshield was a little shattered, no, a lot shattered, but it didn't come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got to a safe place, I was waiting actually for my son. I called my son. I said, hey, meet me here, and we're going to take the car over to the body shop. Might okay. as well, I could still drive it. I sat there for at least 45 minutes waiting for him to show up and going over and over and over again in my mind and what I had seen. I never saw anything like that before. Heard about blue orbs. Mm-hmm. I heard about orbs of different colors, but never saw them. So instantly, this, and it was all over in a second, Rob. It was, I mean, it, less than a second. It appeared, it expanded, it, we, the, the deer disappeared, <laughs> and the deer got up and pranced off like it was proud, as my, as my son would tell you. He went back to check on the deer. I was like... I didn't know whether to go back and run and check on the deer or check on. You know, I was looking at the car. I was but, like, what, but, what did I just see happen? But how can you know, your son? Like how can your myself. how can your son tell me about the deer if he wasn't in the car with you? No, he was. He saw her too, and he, okay. he went back to he ran back to go check on the deer, 
and, and that was like in total mm-hmm. disbelief of everything that I had just seen oh, okay. Had happen. Okay, okay. And, and he actually, he said, well, as he approached the deer, it was all you know jumbled up on the side of the road, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just jumped up and pranced off like it was proud. He said. So it was laying on the side of the road, stunned, and when it came to, away it went. Yeah, absolutely. And that deer just got hit at 60 miles an hour. So that's what happened to the year that Rudolph wasn't on the sleigh. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was Rudolph, but I'll tell you what. Maybe it was certainly an experience. And and now I have had encounters with other extraterrestrials. I had my extraterrestrial contact when I was 18. Mm-hmm. But they were very human-looking. Also, there was no spaceship involved. We were taken underground, or they took me underground. So I can't tell you where it was underground. It felt like I was in the bowels of a castle. That's all I can tell you, but I know it was underground. No spaceship involved ever. So when we go back to uh, these orbs, I wish I could remember who, which whistleblower it said. Just, uh, just about two or three weeks ago, I had heard another whistleblower talking about UFOs. And he had made the, the statement that when we see something that has seams or straight-edge lines but he used the term seams. If it's got a seam to it, we made it. It, it. it was made on Earth. He said the light orbs that you see, especially like when you see a mothership and it's like yeah. all these little light orbs start coming out. He said those are actually living beings. Okay, now how this whistleblower, how come they come out and they never bring any evidence with them? Rob, how much evidence? I've had firsthand contact several times, but what mm-hmm. evidence do I have? The only evidence I have is a picture of a, of a car with a smashed up window. I know. So how 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 can we believe these 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 so called whistleblowers in in the day in, in the ultimate times of fake news? Well, let, let's go back and take a look at at this whole situation with World War II. We we, we have these stories of UFOs. Uh, we have. I just I watched a, a video of the mm-hmm. actual Nazi bell okay. chained up inside the fly trap, and they were trying to control it. This may have been the same object that landed in Kecksburg. Mm-hmm. The Nazis had several different teams of people working on uh, UF, what we would sure. consider UFOs. Well, let's it wasn't face like it, they just had one central NASA. They well, had a bunch of different. Well, teams let's face it, Peter. Directions. If it wasn't for the Germans and the Nazis, the Americans would have never got to the moon. Well. Ah, you, you just picked up where, I'm, where eventually I'm going to head here. Before the war, the Nazis send out an expedition to uh, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. After the war, they send out an expedition to Antarctica. And it comes back that, well, the, the, the first expedition came back and they said, we found Valhalla. Mm-hmm. It was a paradise there under the ice. Now, you can believe that or you don't have to believe it. It doesn't make any difference to me. But that's what's reported. You can do the research and find find out the, the paperwork yourself. Mm-hmm. However, after, after the war, we have a very interesting thing happen. We get uh, Admiral Byrd's trip to Antarctica, and he, gets it, he, sa- he doesn't tell you what the trip's all about, but he says it's military in nature, and it's alleged that they got their butts kicked by flying saucers. Now... Let's go back to, again, just after the war. And you brought up Warner von Braun here. Yeah. And Warner von Braun was, it's alleged that he was brought over with about 3,000 mm-hmm. scientists and they were, they basically headed up the space program. Right. What is not told is that about another 47,000 people were brought over, including people from the Gestapo and the SS, Secret Service, you know, the people that guard the president. Uh, they were brought over, but other top scientists in, in different areas were brought over, and possibly even Joseph Mengele was brought to the United States to carry on his uh, genetic experiments. I thought he was but, in Brazil. Uh, yeah, that, and as a matter of fact, the FBI, I, I read the document itself, it was in 1947, the FBI put Hitler in, in Argentina. So Hitler didn't die either outside, outside his bunker. He never committed suicide. He lived to uh, be. He lived to die of quote natural causes. Well, I guess. For yeah, but old age. but on the other on the other hand, there has never been any documentation found to substantiate the claim that Hitler was actually in Argentina. It, it, correct. 
except for this one piece of information that is actually a report by the American mm-hmm. FBI, where they place him there. So the FBI said he was there. And, what was, and what was the FBI doing outside of the United States where they had no jurisdiction? Good question. This is post-war. You know, it's like anything goes back then, I guess. Uh, you know, now we've got rules and regulations for this whole thing. But let's go back and take a look at this, what happened. Okay. After, uh, after the war, uh, some pilot reports seeing, and this is where flying saucers. Hey, you and I have got to take from. a break, my friend. Please stand <laughs> okay, by. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up. Yeah, this was, a lot of, this was a lot of fun. Exo Nation, my guest is the one and only Peter Kling, www.peterkling.com. We'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, 
and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Peter Kling is my guest to this hour, www.peterkling.com. Let me see. Let's do a little bit of a recap. The Foo Fighters could be um, extraterrestrial living entities. Uh, the Nordics were extraterrestrials. Uh, of course, we all know about the group of uh, Nazi scientists that were brought over to the United States. And if it wasn't for them, there'd be no uh, American on the moon. Uh, let me see. Uh, 47,000 other Germans were brought over to the United States. Hitler was followed, was found, or the FBI in 1947, was it, Peter? I believe that's the date that I recall, 47 or 48. 47 right or after the war, they found, they found him in Argentina, or claimed that he, that's where he was. Yeah. Uh, if they, uh, if they found him, why wasn't he brought back as a, as a, under war crimes? Uh, come on, Rob. What? Who, who financed World War II? I don't know who. Prescott Bush and George Herbert Walker, their two biggest financiers of, of World War II. Henry Ford's motor plant over in Germany never got bombed. It, it produced motor vehicles for the Nazi regime throughout the whole war. Bill, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars went from the United States over to England, and then from England it was funneled into Nazi Germany. These people supported that they, they made a major investment in, in Hitler. And in the Nazi party. And now they wanted their investment back. Come on, everybody looks at ROI, return on investment. All right. All right. Who, who, who comes into power after World War II? Prescott Bush was actually charged with, uh, under the aid, for treason under the aiding, uh, Lending Aid to the Enemy Act. He had all his assets seized. This happened in 1941. He had all his assets seized because he was funneling money to, to Hitler. Now, how does the how does he go from being a treasonous person mm -hmm. to becoming a U.S. senator and having a son that becomes head of the, the the director of the CIA and then president and has a grandson who is an idiot that becomes president? I, I guess we can say the same way that Joseph Kennedy did. Yeah, <laughs> all backdoor deals, all backdoor deals. So, with if the power everything... brokers that are running the planet. All right. So, if everything is power brokers, we're bringing in the Illuminati. We're bringing in new, the new world order at this point. Where does Donald Trump fit in? Because he doesn't seem uh, to be the. You know that that's that's the proverbial stick in the globalist bicycle spokes. But that that's another subject. But let, let's let's drop back because this this is going to get interesting. Okay. You're going to like where we're going to go here. All righty. Uh, so we, all of a sudden we have UFOs showing up in the United States and in Argentina, both after World War One. I. I mean, sorry, after World War Two, it was a pilot, a private pilot, you know, flying his his personal plane that claimed to see these shiny disc-like or saucer-like craft. And we're talking about just, Kenneth Arnold here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember his name, but yeah. So that was the first report. Mm -hmm. Then we get a report out of UF with UFOs in Argentina. Then we get area, uh, we get uh, the Roswell incident, and, and and where are these UFOs coming from? Hmm, the secret space program that was brought over with those other forty, fifty thousand uh, scientists and, and secret agents. And, and but if it was if uh, it was the secret war program, how come it took so long? to get the American space program off the ground. How come Russia beat the That's, United States that, that, in it, it, every category except landing on the moon? Because, well, the Russians also grabbed as many scientists as they could out of Germany. So However, we, the top so, scientists may have gone to either Argentina or Antarctica. But Argentina has never had a space launch? Nope, they've never had one at all. And recently... The space, and recently, the, the and space recently, launch and, is... To, to the secrets, or I should say NASA, and, and space launches are, mm -hmm. to the secret space program, what the Macy's 4th of July fireworks display is to the business of Macy's. It's something for the people to look at and say, oh, wow, what fantastic technology. 
Meanwhile, the real the real business is going on behind closed doors. So now we we get an interesting agency that comes up that that is now investigating UFOs. They write this book. Uh, uh, was it uh, Project uh, Blue Book? Mm-hmm. And they go around to all the people that see UFOs and but they the, say, the agency "No, was you the... didn't see UFOs." But you wait a minute, Peter. Venus Peter, Peter, off of swamp gas. Peter, Peter, the the Project Blue Book was done by the United States Air Force, not a not yeah. a not an agency okay. that was yes. just made up. Yes. But you've got the men in black. Where do the men in black come from? And then these guys are always showing up after. Even with the Kecksburg uh, Mm -hmm. incident where this thing falls out of the sky and they they thought, well, maybe it was a Russian. They tried to pass it off as a Russian satellite that Mm -hmm. that failed. Uh, But eyewitnesses said it had hieroglyphic writing on the side of it. But nobody got close enough. The entire area was quadrant off to, to the media and to the public. That, there, are a, there were a couple of interviews that, mm-hmm. that I had seen with local people oh. who got there before anybody else did. But how do we know these? How do we, how do we know these aren't people who are looking for their five minutes of fame and they'll do anything to get on camera? You know how you, you raise a good you point. Know, and here, here's the thing: mm-hmm. any one story by itself means nothing. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. But all of a sudden, when we start putting everything together. We see who's who's seeing the secret space program, claiming they're seeing UFOs, mm-hmm. and now they're being told, "Oh no, you didn't!" By these guys that show up, and what you saw was something else, and people yeah. sworn to secrecy. People inside the military can, can't talk about certain things because they took secrecy oaths. Right. You start stacking all this stuff together, and now you you have a mosaic. You know, it's no longer just one little tile here, one little tile there. You've got the whole puzzle put together, and you can start to see a beautiful picture. It's either that or you're putting the pieces in the wrong order. Well, but wait a second. Let's start, let's look at the evidence. When do we start seeing UFO aircraft? Actually, the first time in, is in Germany. Actually, and no. The, the Great Airship, uh, the Great Airship, uh, what's it called? The Great Airship. Oh my gosh! No, 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 no! In, in the 1800s, or in the United States, throughout the southwestern United States, well, flap the, the great airship flap of the 1800s. You know, people were reporting airships, strange airships. You've got in paintings that the that the masters did, the great masters, going back hundreds of years, strange anomalies in the sky. Oh, yeah. We, we can go back throughout history. So how are... So how do we... So how do we kind of give the Germans credit for all this when this was throughout history? Well, because our technology didn't advance enough to where we could do it ourselves. Once upon a time, we didn't know what genetic engineering was. Once See, upon that, a time, we didn't even. Uh, once upon a time, Peter, we didn't know that there was a North America if we lived in Europe, too. Yeah, you know, we can go back. We had a lot of limited technology. Mm-hmm. However, let's face it. We're. It's alleged that they're finding these uh, secret. Uh, weapons in these ancient tombs. I, I, I love the, what, the what story word, of the What Sphinx. word did you just use when you started that sentence? It's alleged. Alleged, yes. So how alleged. can we take? How can we take anything that is not proven to be a fact and give it any credibility? Just that has never well, made sense to me. Okay, let's take string theory. We can't prove string theory, but the mathematics works out. In several different ways, yes, not the, only to go the to mathematics, string theory, M theory, and super string theory. Yes, the mathematics that we know today. Yes. All right? But what yes. happens, like, you know, everybody looks at Einstein as being this great person whose mathematical equations have solved a lot of the problems of the universe. What happens if he's wrong? <laughs> well, you see, that's when what happens? technology gets to the point then we'll be able to prove whether, yes, it's true or no, it's not true. See, I, I look at things and I say, well, okay, fine, you're taking it based on this. But what about the frigging facts? Like that old well, Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? Where's the where's flying the saucer? Where's <laughs> the dead alien? Where's the that's, dead that's, Sasquatch? That's always been, uh, Rob, I have turned around and raised the same objections. I, mm-hmm. I, I have made the statement that we could take all of the alien data that we have, yep. all of the physical evidence, and it, and it, we, we could put it in a shoebox and lose it. Mm-hmm. What, what physical there. evidence? What physical evidence? There is none. Yeah, it's not there exactly. You know, and That's when you I look, said, you take it all, put it in a shoebox, and, and lose it. Yeah, and you look at Roswell once again. Everybody looks at Roswell as the mecca of ufology. 
I can give you one example to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the entire Roswell thing was nothing else but a bunch of bunk. It's very simple, and people go over this fact each and every time. In fact, I told Stanton Friedman about it, and he said, well, 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 here's the fact. Jesse Marcel, a base intelligence officer, goes to the Brazel farm, picks up what he believes, he doesn't know what the hell it is, according to his report, but what he does is he takes this evidence, and instead of bringing it back to the base and maintaining the, the chain of custody, and the chain of evidential proof, what does the idiot do? He takes it to home and lets his kid play with it. That right there ends the Roswell case. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob, I'm not going to disagree with you. you Honestly, know, I'm not. So why does everybody look at Roswell as being this great case, this great mystery, this great this great conspiracy? The conspiracy and the, the cover-up is maintaining the credibility of... Jesse Marcel Sr.'s ass. That's all the credit. That's all that happens there because he broke military protocol. Now, let, let me ask a question. Sure. If we had a secret space probe, mm -hmm. we, we see too many pictures, too much video footage now, mm -hmm. which can't be explained. I'll give you a great yeah. one. That there's several different shots of this. The, the orb that appears over the Dome of the Rock in Israel mm -hmm. at the Temple Mount. Mm -hmm. I believe it was right, like right on Christmas Day or a few years ago. Mm -hmm. You can see the, the videos that are out there of it. I think they've got three different directions. People, tourists, taking mm -hmm. videos of the Dome of the Rock at night. And then all of a sudden this orb shows up and then zings up into space and there's other orbs above with it. Was it a UFO? I seriously doubt it. It would have to be a real small one-man craft. Well, a living you are, object, it, a living anything entity, that anything that cannot likely. be identified is a UFO, unidentified yeah, flying object. I, I, yes, but could it have been an actual, literal, living ET, an energy orb, a shape-shifting energy orb? Absolutely, it could have okay, been. Okay, question for you here. Dome of the Rock, Christmas time, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, both on the Christian side and on the Muslim side. Only three photos? I believe there's actually four videotapes of it. Only four? Four different directions. That doesn't yeah, make you, sense. You know, I'm just reporting what's I out know. there, Rob. And yeah, you question it, but you have to look at it. Okay, is this Photoshop? Yeah. I've seen too many things. I've had too many uh, unexplained happenings in my own life mm. for, for me to say, oh, no. Yeah, but you see, Peter, you, you tell me but you've had the experience. You've had the experience. This yeah, isn't second, I, I third, fourth-hand evidence or, or hearsay. This is you who had the, who had the encounter yes. relaying the story. And, and so, yes, now what, I can give my experience from mm -hmm. the first person, but anybody that turns around and quotes me, it's all hearsay. Everything that I say is hearsay. The only thing that I can produce are the pictures of my car. Yeah. And, and that doesn't prove that there was a blue orb involved. It just proves that there's this round indentation in the mm -hmm. windshield uh, with the deer that literally went across the whole length of the car. He pissed down the driver's side and his antlers bent the rain gutter on the passenger's side. That'll Yet do it. The windshield's got this round depression in it, mm -hmm. just right in the center, right where the orb was. So that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I've got. And if you want to see those pictures, you can actually go to my Facebook page, and those pictures are right there. It's it's a gray Mitsubishi Galant. I love that car. All right, stand by, but Peter. Anyway. We've got to take a break. Exonation. Peter Kling is our guest, www.peterkling.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exonation, if you'd like to listen to all the programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network, Find your favorite host, find your favorite show, find out when it's going to be on, and all you have to do is go to www.xzbn.net. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Soldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Uh, if you'd like to visit the Exxon Broadcast Network, there's a very interesting um, conversation that our good friend Kevin Randall, who hosts the A Different Perspective, had with Bud Hopkins, a significant other. And during the interview, she blows the whistle on hypnosis and the UFO community. Go visit Kevin's uh, website or go to xzbn.net, click on Kevin Randall, and that show will be there along with the other shows that Kevin has done with, let me see, uh, Colonel Charles Halt, Glenn Kimball, and the list goes on and on and on. That's a different perspective with Kevin Randall on the Exxon Broadcast Network. 
Peter Kling is my guest, www.peterkling.com. And Peter, we were talking about the hidden space or the secret space program. Yeah, you know, when I look at Roswell, Mm -hmm. if there was a secret space program and they didn't get whatever they were launching too far and it did crash, the last thing you would want that to do is get out in the public. Now, I'm not saying it involved aliens. I'm talking about Area 51 stuff. And, you know, we have all these sightings of UFOs or flying saucers after the war. And it it increases through the 50s. It gets the late 50s. They do Project Blue Book where they, you know, say, oh, well, there's no such thing. You know, we can't identify it yet. Oddly enough, NORAD, which is only one of two government agencies that you that are above the Freedom of Information Act, covers all alien Inter, uh, experiences or interaction, I guess you could say, anything that's UFO or alien that gets reported, mm-hmm. both in Canada and the United States, goes to NORAD. And not, NORAD not doesn't anymore. have to say a thing. Not anymore in Canada. Did Canada change that? Canada changed it, and in fact, it is no longer deemed a government priority or a police priority. All UFO reportings go to uh, Chris Rutowski of the University of Manitoba. Interesting. They're going to an academic. Uh, they're going to a private citizen because the government no longer feels it necessary to take any notice or credence in any reports. Well, that that, that maybe I should talk about. Uh, we may wind up getting disclosure before too long. <laughs> We're going to have to see what happens. But, you know, we've got too many sightings, too many... Uh, videos, too many reports, too many strange things. I mean, we can get into cattle mutilation and and weird things like that. And it all points back to something that I I said years ago. And that is very possibly that they are manufacturing, genetically engineering an alien cloned or cloned alien army. Uh, We have the technology. We certainly have the technology. And here's the wild thing, Rob. I can invalidate all of Christendom with one sentence, with one sentence, I can invalidate every Christian belief on the face of the planet. And it goes right back to Genesis, the twenty, the, the second chapter, the 21st through the 23rd verses, which is essentially nothing more than a record of genetic engineering. And that one sentence is, who were the genetic engineers? Now, what does it say in the Bible, though? It says, God said that it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create a helper for him. Now, pay attention to this part. So he causes a sleep to come over the man. He opens up the flesh. He removes a rib, a tissue sample, and he proceeds to build a woman from it. That is a record of genetic engineering. Then what does Adam say? Hi, Bruce. As this is bone of my bone mm-hmm. and flesh of my flesh. Yeah. This one was taken from man. He knew she was cloned. Mm-hmm. I shall call her woman. So now remember, yes, we were genetically engineered. Mm-hmm. All of life on earth was genetically engineered. We can go back to the, the, the uh, just look at the fossil record. All of a sudden, life just explodes on this planet to a level that we've that has never been uh, at that that the Cambrian period. There has never been such diverse life on planet Earth as there was during the Cambrian or, period. Or, or is it possible that the links have not been found yet? Because we know that archaeology lies. We know that science lies. Oh, yes. We know that history lies. Like my God, Peter, they're still teaching in the school. Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas. How stupid do they think people are? Zahari Hawass. That man is the biggest fraud on the planet when it comes to Egyptology. Yep. Yes, he is. You know, uh, he, he, come on. But Dr. Robert up. Schock said, hey, the Sphinx is from seven to 15,000 years old, and we know because it's got, it's got uh, water erosion on mm-hmm. it. And then he, then he carries out ground-penetrating radar, and he says, oh, guess what? There's a chamber under the, under the pore of the yeah. Sphinx, and there's something in it. 
And then Dr. Zaharia Wass, as they're pumping water out from under the Sphinx, says, oh, we're down 15 meters. There's no chambers. There's no nothing. We're in rock. We're just pumping the water out because it seeped in a, a, from the Nile River and, and it's uh, the ground is settling. Yeah, but he was also uh, good see. for... Shock for... said they had to go down 25 mm-hmm. meters. Uh, uh, and then they hold a Red Bull event in front of the Sphinx that takes them six months to put up while they're doing the excavation. Mm-hmm. And when they finally turn around and admit to finding the tomb of Osiris under the Sphinx, Hawass says, oh, it was empty. Grave robbers must have gotten to it. Yeah, Wait but, a minute. They had yeah, to but pump look, all the water out of it. How are grave robbers going to get in But look there? how much publicity that guy got for Egypt, how much tourism, and how many dollars he was able to bring to, to Egypt. Man, he was a Donald Trump of the Egyptian tourist trade. Yeah, and he never told the truth about anything. You go back to ancient Egypt, Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt. Yep. Lower Egypt was made mo- made up mostly of the Hebrews. Yeah, but you see, Peter, this is what I'm saying. Within the paranormal UFO community, there is so much bullcrap. People do not tell the truth. They tell the listeners what the listener wants to hear. Ah, that's why we need to do the research. That's why we need to go back and exactly. start to string this together. Exactly. Once, I agree with you, my friend. Once we string it together, then we can see where it's going. But you know what? Sensationalism sells. How many oh, authors absolutely. How many authors are there out there who go on the internet, collect information, put it in a book, and sell that book, and then go on speaking tours, speaking engagements? My God, what would Stanton Friedman be doing without UFOs? Exactly. Now, here's the difference between uh, Letters to Earth, The Future is Yours, which is the book that I wrote. Yes. The research for that book started in 1980, long before the Internet, Mm -hmm. back when you had to actually go to libraries and read books. And trust me, once upon a time, I had a very nice library, mostly reference books. Uh, Divorces have taken that away from a lot of of my reference books, but whatever. Uh, it's cheap. It's inter- cheaper to stay married, Peter. <laughs> Rob, I look at my life in a very peculiar way. I have no regrets over any of my past, and I've got a most bizarre life. And I say, I've lost everything literally yeah. three times. Wow! Uh, I was on the verge of becoming a multimillionaire, and literally, that was the last time I had put together a contract in Ukraine. I, I we had projections put out mm-hmm. uh, everything was falling right into place we, we, in 18 months we we actually nine months we would have broken a million dollars in 18 months we would have we would have been over two million dollars mm-hmm. in projected sales for what we were doing and that's based on numbers that 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 the, the experts were giving me the the the, the issue was I got sick and was dying and I needed to come up with seventy thousand dollars to do an infomercial <laughs> My health took precedent, but anyway. Wait a second. You're going to make billions of dollars and nobody would front you $70,000? It was 2008, October. Oh. Yeah. I was losing, literally losing a pound a day. Oh, my God. Yeah, and and I was only, uh, that was after being treated for a stomach issue that they couldn't figure out. It took another four months for them to figure out what the heck it was. I literally went through four months of testing from hospital to hospital. So that song, Blowing in the Wind, would have been you being blown from one part to the next part. I'm six foot tall and I weighed 114 pounds. If there was a tattoo on my arm, you'd swear I was an Auschwitz victim. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah, that's how bad it got, but I, but... I, I literally lost everything. The only thing that I had left, I mean, come on, it, with the medical cost, four months of testing and then yeah. needing a major operation to correct the situation. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I was left with was the idea of, you know, my, the first trip to Ukraine during the Orange Revolution. I was told to write letters to her. I was told to write a book. I said, so with what you need, what you know, yeah. you need to write a book. So I did. The letters to Earth. The future is yours. Uh, and it, it, go, it goes through all of this. And I'll tell you, I got death threats for writing this thing. By from Literally who? death threats. I from was who? warned, watch your back. They're going to come after you. For what? Because, read the book. I got too close to the truth, as I've been told. I had somebody a couple of years ago say that there was that there was a hit on me. This was somebody that worked for both people who who warned me. The first one and this last one mm-hmm. said that uh, they both worked for the intelligence agencies in the United States, the ABC companies. And the last one, he was a little bit screwy, but uh, he said, "Hey, they had a hit ad on you, and I got it. I got it stopped." Whether he was telling me the truth or not, it's like, go ahead, let them try. They they've tried to kill me sixteen times. They haven't been successful yet. The one time they were, I got sent back. 
So, you know, I look at my own life and I've got no regrets over anything that's ever happened because if those things didn't happen, I wouldn't be here with you today giving this information or any other time providing this information to, to uh, our listeners. And it's all in Letters to Earth, where we came from, how we got here, why things are as screwed up as they are, and what our future is. I'll go back to what Warner Von Braun said. The last card that they're going to play is the alien card. They've already done World War. They've already done communism. They already uh, uh, globalized the, the, the world to an extent. Now you brought up Donald Trump. He's the stick in those globalist bicycles. Well, we'll have to talk about that the next time you're with us, Pete, because we've run out of yep. time. Take care of yourself, Re my good friend. Read letters to Earth and watch Antarctica. Okay, that's read, next read time here on the Exxon. Yep. <laughs> Peter Kling, www.peterkling.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> 